0: Hey there, and welcome to Town Hall, the podcast for service-based businesses hosted by Schedulicity. I'm Jamie. Today's episode is the final part of a three-part series we've put together called Restart. Starting back up doesn't mean starting over. For Restart, we asked some of our favorite industry leaders to share their thoughts on the pandemic, business closures, and what comes next. Last week's episode was with beauty industry guru, Elizabeth Faye, and we talked a lot about the fine art of the pivot. Definitely head back to listen if you haven't already. But today, we have a special treat. Our guest is Jay Nixon, fitness leader and best-selling author. The man knows a thing or two about willpower and resilience, and he's got some fantastic points to share. This is a particularly good one for anyone who's running a fitness-based business, but even if you aren't, there's plenty of aha moments to go around. Let's get started. Jay Nixon is a speaker, best-selling author, um, and also a mentor and coach, and he also owns um, Thrive Fitness Studio in Palm Desert, so you may have heard us chatting in the beginning before we got started here, and he was giving us a little bit of background, but with that, Jay, I want to pass things over to you, and if you want to just start giving us a little bit, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself to start off, and then Maybe, you know, um, your Schedulicity story, how you met us and all that. So,
1: Absolutely. So just to give a little context so that everybody understands, I really, um, I own a fitness studio. I've been in the fitness space, but I really do understand like all the other, you know, a lot of you guys are massage therapists and spa owners and estheticians. My significant other, Lori, um, owns a spa. And so I really understand from the esthetician and the, you know, that perspective as well. So when I'm speaking today about like, you know, the future of all of our businesses, just know that I do, um, I get that piece of the puzzle as well. Mm -hmm. Um, My Schedulicity story is, and I'm going to talk a lot about like mindset today. And so you guys are going to be like, why is this fitness guy um, really driving so deeply into like mindset and the way we're thinking and and speaking and acting right now? Um, I've written two, um, like she said, two best best-selling books. Both of them have been related to the psychology or the mindset around like weight loss or why people struggle. Um, one of those is called The Overweight Mind, and the other one is called The Purpose of Pain. But both of them are really around the psychological um, arenas around why we struggle with anything we struggle with. And I just wanted to bring that up so you weren't confused on why a fitness guy was really diving so deeply into the mindset world. My schedule story is kind of funny and a little bit embarrassing, but I'll tell it. So I've known Jerry and Michael and Jane for, I mean, gosh, probably almost 15 years. And, you know, Lori, like I said, my, my significant other is, was an early adopter to Schedulicity, you know, way back in the day, probably um, one of the first estheticians on the service. And, you know, owning a fitness studio there, I was like, oh, Jay, you should start doing, you know, all your online scheduling. And I'm like, nah, I'm kind of old school. You know, I like my book and I like my pencil and I like to write my little names down and, you know. Make, you know, make my little notes and they'd be like, oh, okay. And then, you know, every time I'd see them, I'd see them, you know, three or four times a year at trade shows and whatnot with Lori. And it would always be the same thing. And I'd be like, "Now I'm kind of crushing it with my pencil, you know, and everything. And so finally, you know, I'm like, I, you know, I kept saying like, I should just do this. Right. But it, it was really about me and my OCD. I was like trying to control everything. And I felt like going online was, I was going to somehow lose control when in actuality, it actually gave me more control. It gave me more control, more flexibility. It was the it was the dumbest thing I ever did not signing up day one, like they told me to, um, and the smartest thing I did when I eventually did it. But I make the joke with those guys that they that they should all every time I see them, I'm like, I wish you guys would have told me about this earlier. Like, you know, I wish I wish somebody would have just let me know. So I try to put it back on them, but it was really my fault for uh, for being a slow adopter. But the best thing I ever did was was move my scheduling and you know my customer marketing and everything over to Schedulicity. It's been an absolute just dream. And then so kind of like the future of fitness, I'll, I'll kind of just dive into that. And like I said, I'm a big Q and A guy. So if anybody has any questions, please like tee those up at the end. But what we're noticing is so like in California, like we were shut down pretty early as far as like having, um, I own a small like boutique fitness studio. So about a thousand square feet, we do one-on-one clients as well as like small groups we were shut down pretty early. We were one of the businesses that basically said, hey, you guys have to close. And so what we did really quickly is we realized I'm a big, like I said, mindset connection type person. So I realized I needed to still maintain that level of connection with my clients. So immediately we started doing like Zoom fitness classes. Um, I'm doing, I have a couple of different Facebook groups. I have a a private coaching client Facebook group that also have a free group. And so in both of those groups on a daily basis, I'm going in and giving just content on how people can stay connected and feel part of a community, feel supported, um, and also feel accountable. I think right now we, if we can give people that accountability piece as well so they don't just feel like there's no structure. As humans, we really crave structure. You know, most people think like only children need structure, like we need to, you know, send them to school and whatever. But if you'll notice, like most humans with, with the lack of structure, they really revert to chaos, and so I have a saying that I use, the further, you, the further you move away from accountability, the weaker you actually become. And so I really try to get the focus back for all of my clients, and anybody who follows me, like really on personal accountability, but also communal accountability of how we can like together, we'll be better at the end of all of this. And so we're doing free online fitness classes. And again, I'm doing free, like motivational, inspirational you know, just Q&A talks, helping people just answer questions around like the things they can do from home right now to stay also, you know, physically fit from the physical aspect, but also keep their, the mental and the psychological side of the game um, in check. Because I'm a big believer in my my first book, I talk about how fitness, business, success, I don't care really what it is. I'm a big believer that it's 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. Meaning the mechanics are like, if you're a, you know, if you're an esthetician, the mechanic is like washing, the, you know, doing the facial. That's actually the mechanical aspect of it. But from a business owner's perspective, it needs the mindset of the psychology is what really needs to be strong. And so for me, like, it's the same thing when I'm teaching and coaching my clients. I can teach anybody the fitness and nutritional aspects. Like, I mean, raise your hand if you don't know, you know, if, if is kale healthier than a donut, right? Everybody gets that question right. We all, We all win the prize. So you know the answer. And if I say, hey, is it better to sit on the couch and watch Netflix or get up and go for a walk? Again, you all get the answer correct. Everybody wins the prize. So those things are mechanical. Those are, we know what we're supposed to do, but it's the 80%, the psychology that prevents us from doing those things. And so I really focus a lot on that aspect of it. And so moving forward, I believe the future of fitness, and I've been saying this even before, and I'm, you guys will hear me say this, I don't use the C word. I call this opportunity 2020. So I'm looking at this and I have from day one as an opportunity. What can I do on a personal and professional level to make sure that when this is over, I come out of this better for myself and better for my clients. So I refuse to like go down the negative loophole of any of the the nonsense of the drama. And listen, we just got extended. Um, I just found out yesterday, I probably won't be able to open up till at least mid-June, maybe July. So, you know, as a business owner and somebody who loves what they do, um, I also have a podcast and this just popped into my brain. I get up at 3.19 every morning, regardless of what day it is, Monday through Sunday. And I do that because I'm, I'm so passionate about my life. Like I love what I get to do on a daily basis. And so I just dropped a new podcast and it's titled 3.19 a.m. because my clients always ask me, why do you get up at that time? Even in this, Even in this opportunity where I don't have to, I'm still choosing to keep that routine and keep that structure. And so you can see how all of those things apply. But I believe the future of fitness is going to go this way. I think people are going to start to because this has probably been not a probably been This has been an awakening. So a lot of people now are being able to look at their life and on a tray in front of them. They're being able to look at their health and fitness, their money, their business, their relationships. And they're either seeing things that they love about it, or they're seeing things that they wish were a little bit different. And I think for the most part, people are going to look at that fitness aspect and realize that it's not, it's not the actual mechanical aspect of that. It's not like, yes, you can't go to your gym right now, but you've got copious amounts of time to get up and go for walks, do home workouts, like literally, you can go to Google and type in workout and you could, there's more workouts than you could ever do in a lifetime. Um, And so that's not the problem. The problem is the psychological reasons of why you're not choosing to get your fitness in order, why you're not choosing to get your health and fit, you know, your health in the right place. And so I think after this is over, people are going to have a new awareness around the psychological reasons about why they need to make sure that they're, they're fit for the future. Because as these, you know, with this new pandemic or whatever, people are probably wishing, like if they're not in great health, they're probably wishing, listen, I wish my health was a little bit better. So, you know, moving forward, I wouldn't have to be so fearful because all the news has come out that says, you know, that, you know, it's, it's harder on people who are obese or harder on people with, pre-existing conditions and respiratory issues and things like that. So I think there's going to be a lot of like red flags that have come up for people. And this is going to be a beautiful opportunity for them to address those situations so that moving forward, if this is ever to happen again or whatnot, that they're in a better place um, mentally and physically to be able to tackle those things. So for us, what we've taken the opportunity to do as well is, Um, I'm an online fitness coach as well. So I've always had an online portion of my business. Meaning, I have clients in in Canada and Australia, New Zealand, Switzerland, all over the world. And so we work with those those clients via the internet. So what we've done, uh, my assistant Marissa and I, we've created actually a new program that is going to allow people to have access to me on a deeper level we're gonna teach them the fitness. We've got online workouts that they can tap into um, as part of their of their membership. But also they're gonna get that mindset psychology piece, which I've which I'm a big believer is the missing link. Um, I think it's the missing link in a lot of our lives, just in general, um in business and everything that you do. I think it's that's the missing link. And so they're gonna get access to me so that they can have a mentor and a coach and things like that. So for me, it's gonna be more of like moving in that direction to get people to understand that they already have the resources they need as far as like the fitness and the food. But if they don't add that second or that last, that third psychological mindset component, that's where the struggle is going to continue. And I've been using Schedulicity to do that. I mean, just in staying in perfect contact with my clients, it makes it so simple and so easy. Um, I mean, Schedulicity has been like a piece of my daily, you know, utilization. I can just go to my client list I can talk to clients individually. I can, you know, talk to all my clients at one time. It just really gives me massive flexibility. Um, And I think that's what people are getting. A lot of people are freaking out right now because they don't have a centralized place where all of their clients are. And so if you're a Schedulicity, you know, user, you don't have to worry about that. Like all of your people are in one place. You can reach out to them. You can contact them. You can communicate with them without having to worry about, you know, how am I going to touch so-and-so or how am I going to get in touch with so-and-so or how am I going to let them know what the state of the union is for our particular business model. So Schedulist has been a blessing from day one for me, but even as, as we've moved into this new quote-unquote opportunity, it's even become more of a, a beautiful thing for me. So I'm, I highly suggest anybody watching that's not already a, a user, it's a no-brainer. It's absolutely the best decision that I've ever made. Um, that's kind of it for me as far as like the, kind of my vision of, of the future in fitness. I'd love to answer any questions, Jamie, if you'll, if you'll let me do that, if we have any, or or how you guys want to proceed with that.
0: Yeah, so if, how we can handle that is we will go ahead and open up questions. Um, if people want to use the raise hand feature, I always do this because it looks exactly like this in your Zoom. <laughs> Um, but so use the raise hand feature and then we'll go ahead and unmute you and you can ask your question to Jay. So, um, let's see if we get any of those. Give everybody a second. Any questions? Just go ahead and, um, raise your hand and then I will unmute you.
1: And I'll answer questions about anything guys, fitness, business, nutrition, Uh mindset, whatever. I'm an open book.
0: And it does look like we have, um, you probably saw, but we have, um, lots of yoga studios, um, yeah. people that are focusing on trauma yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did see that. Any questions,
1: anyone? You know, I'll touch on that kind of while we're waiting for some questions to come up. So my, I, my second book is called the purpose of pain, how to turn tragedy into triumph. When you said yoga focusing on trauma, it just it clicked for me. So I wrote my second book based on a little bit of my life story. My father was killed when I was five. And then I had, from the time I was five to 25, I had quite a bit of trauma that was in my life that really held me back um, as far as like my business success, my fitness success, my relationship success, everything. So I wrote that second book to show people how through mindset, psychology, personal development, they can actually move from any kind of trauma that they've been through using my own self as a, you know, as the, the case study and how they can go from that to a place of abundance and a place of actually triumph. Wow.
2: Jay, you know, I was actually thinking as we're waiting for a couple of hands raised, maybe this will get people thinking. I sure. saw a comment on our Instagram, actually, the other day. Um, I think it was where it was. But I have seen like a lot of fitness studios and yoga instructors um, ask the question of, right now when we're locked down should we be charging for the classes that we're teaching online should we be doing totally free community based ig lives? should we be asking yeah. for donations you know what's the best way of doing this what's what what makes the most sense i wonder if you have any thoughts on that
1: yeah i think that is an indiv- i think that's such an individualized answer i think that it really depends on your business model and how you've kind of structured your business from day one um, a lot of my clients are prepaid for the entire year, um, so I don't really have to, to to handle that that objection or that question. Um, the ones that aren't, I make a you know as the as the sole proprietor, I make an individual decision based on um, that particular client and how it needs to be handled. Um, and then I just think it's it's one of those things where you have to do what's right for your particular business model and your particular. I look at business in a very, probably in a different way than a lot of people do. I don't play the, I'm not, I'm not playing for the sprint. I'm playing for the long game. I'm playing the marathon. And so for me, I know that the way my business is structured and, and how I, you know, how I coach and teach, because I have more than just my brick and mortar. Um, I'm doing a lot of like, you know, the online mindset, like individual coaching aspects. So for me, I've got that piece of the puzzle that that fulfills the, you know, the, the need for the financial resources. But if you're somebody who actually, you know, is in just your brick and mortar and you need that kind of revenue coming in, then you definitely have to just um, continue to charge your clients. But I think the key to that is communication. I think if you just say, hey, this is what it is and you don't like communicate any deeper than that, I just think there'll probably be a little bit of a disconnect between some of your people because everybodys in, you have to remember everybody's in a different place in a different space right now. Some people are still working, still making the same amount of money they were. Other people haven't been able to work for, you know, the last six weeks to, to 10 weeks. So, they have zero financial, you know, money coming in. And so, I think you have to speak to people as to where they are and not where you are. So, I always look at it from my client's perspective and say, you know, how does this need to be addressed? And I can't address it from, you know, my place. I have to be able to go outside myself and and answer that from a different place.
0: Okay, so it does look like we have a question. Um, Kristen, do you want to go ahead and ask Jay your question? I'm going to unmute you now.
3: Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Jay. Hi, Kristen. Can you hear me? Yes. I own a very small um, Pilates boutique studio okay. and I've been in direct communication with people. I've been sending emails. I sent a newsletter out and I have I basically right now I, I have um, on the books 30 clients and I've heard back from maybe about half of them mm-hmm. and the other half I have not heard from and it worries me that, you know, I've been giving tips, I've been giving, you know, free workouts. And I know some people, like you said, are handling things different. We've never been here before. I right. don't have a manual on how to do this, you know, for, for our business perspective. But um, how do I compose a, a, a the, the best properly worded email message to let clients know that I'm ready for them to come back when they are ready?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that it's a, it's a really challenging situation. So, I think that you have to remember that most people, even if they're consuming it, they may not be in a place where they can articulately, you know, come back to you with a message. And so, I never take it personally when I reach out to a client and they don't respond. I always have to, like I said, I have to look at it from their perspective and where they are. Um, and I also think you know, for you and I, like and everybody listening, I mean, I, I consider us all to be leaders and real. It's easy to be a leader when everything's beautiful and great and times are perfect. But right now, people are actually looking for a deeper level of leadership. Like are we still showing up as that you know positive, powerful professional that we are? And so from a com- uh, from the composition of the email standpoint, I always come from the place of, you know, I'm consistent with who I am, whether it's in this situation or whether in times are perfect, and I'm sure you are as well. I think you need to convey that consistency through your wording. So, I, like I said, I don't even use the C word. I don't get dramatic. I don't talk about chaos. I don't talk about news. I don't talk about drama. I speak to as if I'm writing that email if I'm talking to just you. So, when you're writing that email, don't Don't blanket talk, like don't say words like us and we and things like that. I would really get super granular and speak to me. I would so address me as me, um, I, you, those types of things so that I feel like you're talking specifically to me and you're not talking to your entire client list. I think that's one of the mistakes that we make as business owners is a lot of times we blanket our clients. And even though they understand that they're in a big client list and it's a CRM system, they still want to feel like there's a one to one connection because remember, that's what they're missing. And so, my suggestion would be to try to find a way to connect. Listen, you have 30 clients. You could easily, this, I mean, it would be a little bit of a pain in the butt. You could easily write, you could easily customize and say something specific. Like, if you know me well enough, you could say, listen, Jay, Like I know your favorite thing is blank, 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 your favorite move, your favorite position, your favorite, you know, whatever, your favorite song whenever we do Pilates, and I can't wait for you and I to be able to experience that together. You've gotta create some emotion inside of me. Like, remember, we make decisions and we act out of emotion. And so, your words are gonna make me feel something, and if they make me feel like, oh my God, I, I can't wait for that again, that's how you're going to get me to connect with you. If you just talk about the blanket stuff of what's going on and how you're going to sanitize and you're going to desanitize and all, listen, we should be doing that anyway. And I think we should cover that, but that should not be the highlight of what we're talking to our clients about. We should definitely give them that feeling like, listen, we're taking every precaution necessary, but you got to get, get emotional with me. Let me know why you miss me? Why you want me back? What we're gonna do when I come back? Like, make me be able to see your studio and me in your studio doing what it is we do that I love to do. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. I am ripping out my um my flooring and putting new floors. <laughs> I've ordered like gym wipes. I have like medical based um other stuff coming. And that's and great I want to stuff. take a picture of that. But it's interesting that you said that, and I was thinking of throwing that in. But I think making this connection and maybe in the newsletter, just making it more of a general. You know, overall, you know, picture and show the improvements that I've done.
1: Now, that's perfect. But if you're, if you want to connect with me, you're not going to get me with a floor, right? Like, I love the fact that you're getting a new floor, but that's not personal to me. But I I love that idea. I think you definitely need to hit send that message out that you are taking this this upgrades. And everybody loves upgrades. Listen, I'm getting the windows tinted in my studio. So I'm going to tell, listen, I'm getting the windows tinted. It's going to be cooler in the studio, but that's not going to be a message that I send to you to try to get you to connect with me. It's just, that's just a blanket like newsletter, like you said.
3: Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you because you don't know the place that people are at. I did mm-hmm. find out though last week that someone's mother passed. So that's, yeah. that's from the virus. And like, I don't know, I, I mean, what other things people are going through. And like you said, some people may have been laid off. So we are a luxury service. So that's my concern. I was thinking about offering, you know, not to get in too much deep into this, but, you know, payment plans. So I'm able to do that with people being, you know, so small, but I don't want to entertain that in the beginning.
1: I wouldn't but go that, that route. Was, I wouldn't go that route up front. I mean, I think that's something yeah. if you're, I would, in, I would game plan that for yourself, but I would not offer that up in an email right now in the situation. Like, I don't know when you're, when you're going to be able to go back to work, but it's way too far out probably for you to start thinking that you're going to start giving things away or allowing people to make payment plans. Because that, all that's going to do in their mind, and I'm not saying this to you directly, that's going to create a desperation thought process. And they're either going to start thinking, oh my God, maybe I do need a payment program. Is it worse than I think it is? Like, do, can I not afford that? So if you send that to me and I can afford you, you're going to put the mm-hmm. thought in my brain that, well, maybe I can't afford that. Maybe no, I that's shouldn't. A good point. Maybe I shouldn't be spending that money. Maybe, that, maybe this is, because to me, fitness is not a luxury service. Right, so I, I'm a member of like three gyms in town. I mean, I don't. I mean, if it if it's gonna help my body, it's not a luxury service. It's a necessity. So don't put those. Don't don't spend my money for me. Basically, you know what I mean. Like, let me spend my money. So if I want to spend my money with you, you let me. You don't try to talk me out of it. Okay,
0: thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Kristen. Thank okay, so, so next, um, Leah with Shanti Yoga. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and unmute you, Leah.
4: Hi there. Um, I'm in Ohio, so we don't have an estimated opening date for gyms and fitness centers yet. We're not included in the initial rollout. Um, But the question that I had actually is what do you think the best avenue or avenues are to share kind of what I'm offering and how it's different from all the other free? YouTube and free Facebook live stuff. So I have some stuff on YouTube that I make available for free, but I do. Um, and all of my live classes by Zoom are donation based, so people don't have to pay if they need to, um, if they can't, rather. But uh, I'm just trying to figure out how to separate myself from
1: the masses. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> and I think that is the key. So I'm a big believer in, like, it's kind of, you've probably heard me talk early on, like, as a fitness studio owner, like listen, man, people expect me to do fitness and they expect me to be able to give nutritional advice. What they don't expect is the psychological or the mindset piece that I bring to the table. So that's my differentiator. So if you, if you follow me on social media at all, whether that's my YouTube channel, my podcast, my you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, anywhere, I talk very little about the, the features of the fitness stuff that I do, like the workouts or the food. I talk exclusively probably 95% about why I'm different and it's, the re- it's, it's because I have the ability to tap into your life psychologically and that's what's going to be the differentiator in getting you the results that you look for. So I think if you want to make sure, you, you definitely have to talk about that disruptive nature of how you're different than all the other studios. And so you have to find that, that special sauce to, of, of what you offer. And I mean, I call that like talking like to the gap, right? So there's a gap in, in, in the space somewhere. You've got to figure out how you fill that gap for the people. And then that's got to be what you talk about. And I always talk um, about being, I want to be omnipresent to my clients. If they go on social, if they go on Facebook, they're going to be like, oh my God, here he is again doing a live. Here he is again with this post. But I'm very, very consistent with my messaging. No matter where you find me. And you'll find me everywhere. I'm I'm aggressively overly posting about my mindset strategies. So everywhere you go, you're going to see me. So you got to make sure you're consistent with your messaging and that you're not just sporadically putting information out there. Because right now, people need to feel like they can, there's so much data and so much stuff. If you throw more stuff at me, I'm not going to connect with that. So you have to figure out what's the gap. Like what does your client look for that they're not able to get Like I said, you can go to Google and and Google yoga classes and you could, there's more, you can do more yoga classes than you could ever want to probably do even as a yoga instructor. So what are you going to be doing? What's different about what you offer? So really tap into that like special sauce that you have and start talking 95% exclusively about that special sauce. Gotcha. So just in terms
4: of, like how or where to put that message it Mm -hmm. should I I am on pretty much all of those platforms and a few others that I don't even really understand but I just my instagram where do you get most of your clients
1: from like where do most of your clients connect with you at
4: honestly they find me through google and they find me through word of mouth I okay. get very few from other social media sources.
1: Okay. So if we're talking about working, so we're talk, are we talking about your existing clientele right now? Like how we could get them to do more with you? Or are we talking about somebody who's never worked with you before?
4: Someone who hasn't worked with me before now and yeah. ongoing. But I'm okay. hoping to pull in some people that, Maybe you're looking for something that they're not finding. And,
1: I yeah, haven't. And, and so with that said, that's going to be a little more challenging right now because people are looking for familiarity right now. They're looking for something consistent that they know, like, and trust. So you're going to have to find a way that you can build know, like, and trust with, you know, reaching out to a new client. Um, and I would say that the best way to do that is, like I said a while ago, you have to have a unique, consistent message that they're going to have to see more than one time. And you're going to have to think about this as the long game as well. Like, you know, one, two, three, four, five posts or messages or YouTube videos or whatever is not going to be strong enough. And you're going to have to be okay with getting minimal response because it's, it, you'll find the sweet spot is going to be in that 10 to 12 to 20 messages out there where they're like, okay, this lady's not just a flash in the pan. She's not just trying to do a money grab right now. Because if you go on social media right now, there's so many people reaching. There's so many thirsty coaches and mentors. And let me show you how to make this amount of money or do this or do that. Everybody's so thirsty right now. You can't look thirsty for, you can't look desperate. You have to look consistent. You have to look polished. You have to look professional. And you have to be at a positive place where you're filling a gap for them. So just think about it in terms of that. Okay. And I'm guessing just continue to post everywhere. 100%. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thanks, Leah. So, um, I do think that may have answered um, Abby's question in the chat. She wanted to know your favorite ways to connect with your clients. Um, She primarily uses Instagram but (laughs) wanted to know if there was something else big that she may be missing.
1: Yeah, I could, let me just touch on that. So, my, it's why the last question I asked um, was, where do you where do your where do you get the most connection with your clients? So what I do is I mean I post everywhere, but I also know where I'm going to get the most interaction, and where I get the most interaction is where I'm going to spend my most time. So I'm on. I'll be honest with you. I'm on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll post my podcast on LinkedIn, but I don't spend any time there because I don't get any interaction there. But I'll post my podcast there just so I can get you know more volume of listens. But the interaction there is 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 minimal. So I don't hardly ever go there to get the connection. I know that for me, Facebook I'm Facebook dominant with probably Instagram following up secondly. So I spend the majority of my time on Facebook, talking to people, creating connection, creating interaction. And that's what it has to be. I think a lot of people think I'm going to post and then go away until see what happens. You've got to start interacting with people. People are looking for interaction. They're not just looking for a post that they react to. So you've got to find ways to create interaction as well. And so what I'll do is I have have a couple different groups. I have a paid group and then I have a free group. In my free group, a lot of times I will go on there and just ask a very benign question. And what I mean by benign is that, you know, I'm I'm not trying to really teach. I'm not trying to coach. I'm not trying to sell. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just trying to get you to communicate with me. Like the other day I asked a simple question. I'm in the fitness space. So this makes sense. I'm like, listen, if you could only eat one, this sounds stupid. If you could only eat one of these for the rest of your life, beef, chicken, or fish, which one would it be? It's a dumb question. Who really cares? Does it matter? Right? No. I got 200 responses to that. I can go on right now and tell you how to, change your life and I'll get one response. So you see what I'm saying? You got to meet people where they are. People aren't going to respond to me right now because they don't want Jay Nixon to tell them how to change their life. They're freaked out. But if I say, hey, you want chicken beef or fish? They're like, I don't know. I think I like fish. So I just went on a while ago before I started this and I said, listen, if you could only drink one for the rest of your life, would it be coffee or water? Stupid. Who gives a crap, right? For me, it's coffee. It's hands down, not even close. I'm going to get 200 responses on that and so what I'm going to do when I get those responses is I'm going to hit them with an emoji. I'm going to hit them with a, oh my gosh, me too. I'm going to hit them with, oh my, I totally, I'm going to build a connection. Listen, I'm not selling water or coffee. I'm selling a connection. So now when I come back on, next week I'm doing a free like challenge where I'm going to give them information and sell them and the next week I'm launching a brand new product but right now I'm just setting them up to connect with me. Like, Hey, check me out. Like, let's have some fun. Like I'm fun. And Yay. What's Jay saying now? That's how you have to think about it. You can't just play the game of I'm going to give you something. I want you, I want, I want something back from you. So be willing to get out there and connect and interact. That's the key.
0: Yeah. So, um, Angie asked, is it possible to post too much? And uh, you know, because um, maybe people stop paying attention. But again, I think you have touched on that a little bit with trying to get on their level and the personal aspect. But do you want to talk to that a little bit? I'll just
1: say this: I'm, I'm, I'm. Old. I don't, po- I am am i do not i do not over post. I post daily, but I'll usually post maybe two posts maximum a day, a day. But my posts are powerful and consistent. And so what I'll do is I, I don't over post because I agree with you. Like I mean. But what, I'm, what I meant earlier about being everywhere is I want my message to be consistent no matter where they find me. And when they find me, I want that same voice to be present. You'll never see me post anything political. You'll never see me post anything religious. You'll never see me get in a fight. You'll never see me do anything. You will see this same energy you're getting right now everywhere on social media. I don't care. You can't irritate me on social media. You can't make me mad enough to post something I'm going to regret later. Most of us can't say that. So think about that. like, Because if, if before I buy from you, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to your social media page and I'm going to scroll. And if I see what I deem as nonsense, I'm never purchasing from you. But if I see me consistent, I'm like, this guy is so freaking consistent. He can't be full of BS. He's got to be legit. So remember, it's the long game. So post, but be consistent, be positive, be powerful. That's how we have to show up as leaders right now. I don't care if you're running a fitness studio like me, you're an esthetician, you're a yoga instructor, you're whatever you're doing. Powerful positive and consistent
0: awesome okay we have another question in the chat um, We'll do a couple more questions so if anybody wants to raise their hand um, let just go ahead and use that feature but something that else that came through was um, sherry was Interested in knowing if you employ a marketing company to assist you with your content and continuing your message mm-hmm. and if so um, have you what type of growth have you seen with that
1: Yeah, I do not use a marketing company. I have an assistant um, named Marissa, and she and I basically work together to build all of our content so so right now i 've got time she 's got time, so we are overly so we are i 'll give you an example. I am, I, I, launch a, I launch a new podcast every Monday, every Monday or Tuesday. I'm already podcasted until almost the end of May. I'm ready to go. The videos are set up. The clips are set up. The quotes are set up. Everything is set up. So, we're in a plug and play function. We stay ahead of the game with all of our marketing content. The blog is ready to go for the podcast that's going to drop two weeks from now. The email is ready to go out for the, for the podcast. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm ahead of the game um, because I'm consistent with my messaging. I know what I'm going to say. Now, do I ever pop on and do random stuff like today, water versus coffee? Absolutely, but that's simple. I don't employ a marketing company for this very reason. I am ultra authentic in my messaging and I don't want anybody else trying to be me or have my voice because it's going to be impossible. If you follow me at all, you'll know that I am a unique creature when it comes to just life in general, my thoughts, my, the way I speak, the words I use. It'd be very difficult for a marketing company to capture that. And then anybody who started working with me would find like a disconnect with the authenticity. And if I'm anything, I want to be authentic and I want to be congruent. So I do not use marketing companies.
0: Awesome. They, they were really excited to hear that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like it's necessary. I feel like you need to be authentic and you need to be congruent and you need to be consistent. And that's it. And consistency guys could be one post a day. Just make sure it's, it's like I said, it's powerful. It's positive. It's in line with who you want to draw into you as a client. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so we have another um, question from raising their hand. And I'm so sorry if I'm um, not pronouncing your name right. But Satera, if you would like to um, go ahead. Did I pronounce that right? I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Can
5: you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Go ahead and ask your question. Yeah, um, absolutely love your energy. It's so, such a pleasure to hear from you. Um, you. you had mentioned something uh, that I thought was interesting. You said something about using pain as your teacher.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you explain what you mean about that? Yeah, absolutely. So my second book is actually called The Purpose of Pain. And so what I realized is that my pain, what I felt as a, as a child, like again, my father was killed in the car wreck when I was five. <laughs> Um, I lost two other of my father figures by the time before I was 20. And then when I was 25, my best friend killed himself. So for that 20-year span, I viewed pain as this weird thing that was like holding me back. And I created a story around it about how I'm supposed to be stuck in this place. But I realized after my my friend committed suicide, as I started my own personal development growth journey, I realized that all of that pain that I had experienced was actually – a catalyst or an opportunity for me to actually live on purpose and not in pain. And so that's what I started doing at that point is I started my own growth journey. And instead of looking at those incidences, like the first thing if I say to you, Oh, my father was killed when I was five, your first response is, Oh, I'm so sorry. Right. And I and I say this in a very in the most powerful way I can, and I'm being a serious, like. I'm actually not sorry at this place in my life because I know I wouldn't be here today. I know I wouldn't be doing the things and impacting the lives that I'm able to impact if I hadn't have experienced that. And so I look at that obstacle or adversity as actually an opportunity that I had to actually become the man and the human that I'm supposed to be. I think we all have a purpose. And I think a lot of times we look at our pain as a thing that's supposed to be an anchor that drags us down. When if you can just flip your perspective and say, my pain's not an anchor. It's actually a launch pad to, for me to be able to utilize a strength to get where it is that I want to go. So, that's a lot of what I teach about and it's, it's actually why I wrote the second book is that I got so many clients coming to me and I realized everybody's in pain. It's in it's some shape or form. Yours may be way more grandiose than mine or it may be less than mine, but it's still your pain and it's still the thing that's got you stuck. And so, what I realized is I was helping people overcome this stuckness. And so, if you're getting the same question five, 10, a thousand times, write a book on it, Jay, you know what I mean? Make it simplified. But I still teach on it on a daily basis. That's the number one thing that I probably help people get over. And a lot of them don't use the word pain. They'll use a story that they have or a thing that happened or whatever. But if you really want to get down to the emotional level of it, it's really that they're stuck in some kind of like perceived or, you know, real pain that they had. So I think it's a gift. I think we have to use it.
5: That's great. Yeah. I think as yoga teachers, that's exactly what we try to do. And uh, totally. so, yeah, so I really pre- appreciate your perspective on all of that. Um, I have a kind of a, a different kind of situation in that um, I've created, I have uh, myofascial release uh, balls that I use within my yoga t- uh, teaching okay. and I'm trying to get it. Uh, I'm sort of trying to, I've done all the things you're talking about. We have a really successful um, yoga community and fact. I think we're going to come out of this better as a yoga studio than we had before, which is, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now. Um, so cause we've done, we actually set up our, our business, you know, beforehand. Um, you know, we did all the things you're talking about, so we, we didn't have to scramble, Good. but, um, yeah. So, but now I'm trying to sort of take it to the next step, you know, and there's so few resources out there to go kind of national or global Um, once you've already like, you know, have a lot of regional success, I have no idea if you happen to, you know, if you could point me in a direction or something, or,
1: do you know some kind of. Yeah, let me, I just want to make sure I understand the question. So, you have like some, is it a myofascial release technique and a, and a ball that, yeah. are, are yeah. you and selling I mean, your.
5: My own balls and all of that. So. Okay,
1: very cool. So, you're already selling the ball. Do you actually sell the instructional stuff that goes along with it or is that as. Yes, as, part of,
5: as training and as, in, as individual workshops.
1: Okay. So, training and individual workshops for that. And so, the question is, how do you, and so, I'm, I'm assuming you're successful like locally and then probably a little bit regionally around where you are.
5: That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. No, we sell at least uh, a, a pack of the balls like per day, you know, okay. so it's consistent sales.
1: Yeah. And is that mainly inside the, the yoga world, the yoga community?
5: Yes. And yeah. uh, even though like I, te- you know, I've taught this whole thing to physical therapists and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, massage therapists and things like that. But yeah, so trying to get, uh, you know, really clear on who our you know, client, who our clientele are. Um, it's very hard <laughs> to take it to the next level.
1: Yeah, I think if somebody understands myofascial release, then they get it immediately. If they don't understand myofascial release, then there's going to have to be an educational piece that comes along with that. As somebody who's like a super in tune to their body, like, I mean, I'm, I'm huge on fascial work and all those types of things. And so what I would do is I would try to find a network outside of that yoga community, probably in the fitness community, because there's instructors like myself or people have clients like myself that that understand the value of that and how that's going to bring an additional... Um, if not revenue source to me, it's going to bring an additional layer of trust to me because if my clients are aware of that, um, then they can actually be better and they'll feel better and look better and all of those things. And that just brings me more credibility. So, my first initial thought um, without going into, you know, massive detail, this is probably a much larger question, um, would be to try to find some connected pieces within um, and I would use Schedulicity. There's probably you know, some people inside of your network with the Schedulicity um, thing that you could reach out to. And first and foremost, I'd start in my own backyard. I'd reach out to like a lot of local or regional fitness people and see if you could get them on, you know, just on board with maybe doing some some videos videos, or maybe even Zooms with you to talk about the benefits of myofascial release and like you could get in front of their clients. You're going to have to utilize your resources to get in front of like other other practitioners client bases. So you're going to have to build some connections and some relationships there.
5: That's wonderful. Really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome.
0: All right. And then lastly, Jay, will you um, briefly touch on um, there's a couple yoga studios that we're curious about if people are removing props or um, putting that, you know, making students buy or bring their own with kind of the changes that we're having to go through right now. Um, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I think as as studio owners, I mean, our our sanitary practices should have been there in the beginning regardless if we're using our own equipment or they're bringing their own equipment in. With that being said, we can always be better and so I think that definitely you want to overemphasize how you're going to handle sanitation moving forward. I would let them know first and foremost that it has always been a top priority. It's always been something that you've taken very, very seriously I'm just letting you know this because it's not something that we communicate on a daily basis. I just want to let you know these are our practices. This is how we handle things. Certain clients are going to bring their own yoga mats and their own things in for the foreseeable future. Um, I'm going to have clients that come into my studio and they're going to say, oh, hey, I don't want to use, I don't want to ride the bike or I don't want to use that weight. I just want to use body weight. And I'm going to have to make sure I'm adaptable and ready for that. There's going to be other clients that come in and they aren't going to care. And so I've got, I'm going to have both of those available. I'm going to give my clients the option and let them know that both are okay with me. They'll both be accommodated. But if you do use my equipment, it will be extremely sanitized. And I'll just give them, like I said, a breakdown of how I'm going to handle that. So I would encourage both. Like I would, cause here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to make somebody feel like they're alienated because they want to bring their own mat or they want to bring their own, listen, if somebody wants to bring their own weights into my studio and use them, I'm, I'm all for it. Knock yourself out. Like I'm there to provide you a service. And, and I always let my clients and my clients know this, but yours probably do too. hundred percent judgment free zone. Like you, if you want to come in in a, in a full hazmat suit, I'll work you out. I don't care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, Jay, thank you so much You're for welcome. all your insights and, um, I think you answered a lot of questions that will be definitely beneficial for this time and get people getting back to work and yeah. um, doing what they love to do. So um, we are going to go ahead, and I'm going to transfer things over to KIT because we are going to do um, the Schedule State Cares Grant Giveaway.
2: Yeah I'm so excited this is one of my favorite things to do every week um and so in just a second I'm going to announce today's winner. I did want to kind of break down again the opportunities that you have to apply for the Schedulistic Grants. We've had a few questions about this in the chat today and we also have received a few emails so As a reminder if you don't win today's grant you'll have another opportunity to win a town hall grant on Tuesday when Lori, actually the Lori that Jay keeps referring to, comes to talk to us about taking control as you reopen. Uh, So that will be on Tuesday and we'll send out an email reminding you all that you have the opportunity to attend that live as well. We also will be sending out a replay of that as well as Jay's talk today shortly. But In the meantime, you also have the opportunity to win another grant tomorrow, because it's a Friday, and then every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday through a separate application. So I'm going to drop the link in right now, the essentials.schedulacy.com backslash schedulacy cares is where you can apply for our main Monday, Wednesday Friday Schedule city grant. Anyone who has a Schedule city business is eligible for this. You, once you've entered, are continually um, entered to win every single time, but we also allow you to reapply each week. So you can add like a second or a third entry for as long as you'd like to continue sharing the stories of what you've been doing in your community. It's really fast. The grant process is only about two minutes at most. And we're just trying to give away as many of these as we possibly can. So we've had a huge amount of interest and we're so happy that we can help where we can, when we can. And I hope that if you are trying to get a grant from us, you do receive one. Um, And with that in mind, I am going to announce today's winner. So if you're all ready, we've been doing drum rolls. I don't know if we want to do a drum roll. Should we drum roll?
3: Okay. Everybody's un-
2: unmuted. Let's go, drum roll.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so today's dinner is uh, Eric Erin yeah, yeah. Hawk Bennett, with therapeutic stress reduction massage. She's a fundraiser for United Way COVID-19 fund. She's been assisting other local massage therapists to help them navigate and state regulations. And she's also been keeping in touch with local community healthcare massage videos for free. So congratulations, Erin Bennett. Congratulations. You have received a 500 dollars grant.
0: Congratulations. And um Thank you, everybody, again, for joining today's town hall. Um, With that, I hope everybody has a great day. That's it for today's podcast, but there are plenty more where that came from. Head to our site to catch up on our archives. And if you haven't already, don't forget to sign up for a Schedulicity account at essentials.schedulicity.com to take advantage of all our booking, marketing, and payment tools. Catch you next time.